1: Welcome to today's podcast. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. There were so many moments throughout today's chat that I really, really wanted to say, stop. I need to grab my pen and paper and take notes. And then I remembered I was recording and it's fine. But honestly, so many amazing takeaways and little just nuggets of wisdom that I feel like will hit certain women who need to hear them at the right time. There was something that today's guest says within the first 15 minutes that has really, really shifted something within me. So I hope that you're going to really enjoy the episode and I will tell you about today's guest in just a second. But before I do that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Doc A Tot. Now many mums have called this product their sleep saviour and attributed their survival of early motherhood to the Docatot. With thousands of five-star reviews, the patented Docatot is specially shaped to reinvent the womb. So for your baby, it's the next best thing to being in your arms. The Docatot looks deceptively simple, but its functionality is endless. It's lightweight and it's portable, making it a perfect bed whether you're at home, at the gym or on a family holiday or just catching up with friends out and about. They are handmade with love in Europe from premium materials. They're loved by everyone from the Kardashians to mums just like you and me. The docker tot is like having an extra set of hands at the ready. So you can rest easy mums knowing that the docker tot may help you settle your baby hands free. Listeners of the Kylie Camps podcast can enjoy 15% off at checkout using my code KYLIE15, all in capitals. So that code again is KYLIE1515 at the checkout at dockertot.com.au and I'll spell that for you. It is in the show notes, but if you're jumping over to pop it into your browser now, it is D-O-C-K-A-T-O-T dot com dot au and i certainly could have done with one or two of these when the boys were little because there were so many moments when i just couldn't hold them both as much as they needed me to hold them so having that extra little cozy nest that i could pop them down in would have been so so handy so the docker tot is a wonderful product jump over and check it out now today's guest where to begin. Oh my goodness, she wears a lot of hats. Today's guest is Amy Jo Martin. She is an author, a speaker, a founder, a CEO, a podcast host, an innovation advocate and a mum to one. She guides people down the black diamond slopes of business and life. Amy is the author of a New York Times best-selling book, Renegades Write the Rules And as I mentioned, she's the host of her own podcast, which is called the Why Not Now podcast. And she's the founder of the Renegade brand Bootcamp. After working with the NBA's Phoenix Suns, she took a leap and founded Digital Royalty, which is one of the first ever social media agencies to help corporations, celebrities and sport entities humanize their brands online through social networking and communication. Amy Joe has worked closely with some really, really big names, including Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Shaquille O'Neal. After a successful seven-year run with the business, she exited in 2016. With a social media following of more than one million people, Amy Jo was named the third most powerful woman on Twitter. As a young female building her career in a male-centric industry, Amy Jo has developed a passion for helping women to thrive in business and also in leadership. Most recently, she launched the Renegade brand Bootcamp, an intensive two-month training program designed to assist female founders and entrepreneurs reach their full potential in business and life. Amy, as I mentioned, is also a mum with a very interesting story into motherhood, and I think you're going to love hearing more about Amy. In today's podcast, she chats with us about how important it is to know what your why is. She shares with us the moment that she realized she didn't know what her own why was and how she found it and reconnected. She offers practical and actionable steps for women out there who might be feeling a little bit disconnected from their own passion and fulfillment and joy. She's an absolute pleasure, and I think that you're going to love this episode. It would mean the world to me if you take a little screenshot and pop it on your Instagram stories, and let's get stuck into it.
2: Amy Jo, thank you so much for taking the time today to have this conversation. I've been super looking forward to speaking with you. I've been following along online and to be honest, there are so many directions that this conversation could go in because you wear 20 million hats and they're all worthy of speaking about, but today I would love to focus on how you found your own why And how that propelled you into the space of helping people all over the world to take action. Could you take us back to a time that you found yourself searching for your own why?
0: Absolutely. And first, let me just thank you for allowing me to connect with you and everyone listening. I look forward to the conversation. And what a good place to start! Wow, this is a biggie. This is a great question. Um, Yeah, this was a. This was a pivotal moment in my life. And, you know, it was really a series of years of operating in a certain way and realizing um, it looked great from the outside looking in, but on the inside, it actually was doing the opposite of what it might have appeared. And what I mean by that is to kind of take you back a little further. Um, I grew up in um in living in a trailer home in a mobile home, and we moved we moved often. Uh, I went to a, several different schools growing up, and we would move with my father's job. so I kind of became a bit addicted to change and was very, you know open, I guess you would say <laughs> to change. so that has never been a big problem challenge of mine necessarily. Um, and I had a series of career moves that led me to working in professional sports and then starting to experiment with social media, which led me to working with some very high-profile individuals and growing my own following. Um, Eventually, I started my own company in 2009, and like a lot of people probably listening um, who either are entrepreneurs or they're thinking about maybe starting their own thing, it really wasn't on my roadmap, but it just, it just was something that I kind of stumbled upon. So I decided to give it a go. And, um, you know, I hit some big strides and really uh, ended up, you know, doing some innovative things because it was 2009. And uh, there wasn't a lot of experimenting being done with social media yet with big brands and celebrities. And so, my company was just off to the races and we were growing fast. I'm a first-time entrepreneur in my 20s and hitting these um, headlines and I have now a million people following me on Twitter And the state I grew up in didn't even have that many people in the entire state. So this was a huge shift. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had employees in 10 different countries. We're working with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Shaquille O'Neal and Nike and Hilton Worldwide and huge companies, and um, and we were just kicking butt, I guess you would say from the outside looking in. Um, all of the accolades were there and the fancy stories, and here I'm sharing play-by-play, but what was really happening behind the scenes was I was averaging four hours of sleep a night and on 210 flights in one year, and I was really running out of gas. I was running on fumes and just off of adrenaline. And I realized I had a purpose problem. I had no idea why I was doing what I was doing. I was just doing it for more, you know, of the external things, looking to the outside for that happiness and that self-worth. Yes, exactly, Kylie. Like anything, it was grasping, chasing, reaching, hustling toward more recognition more following more money anything and I would always wind up short you know I I ended up in the JFK airport in in New York City and um, I got to a situation where I'm standing in front of the departure board and I can't remember where I'm going and I can't remember where I'm standing and so I finally figured that out and I walk over to Starbucks to get a coffee and I went to sign my name and i could not remember my own name oh my i had completely hit rock bottom i was just you know burn at out. that point yeah burnout 100% and so i walked over and i sat down and and i realized i was an emotionally and physically bankrupt millionaire and it was one of the worst days of my life and you know most people think of certain things that will make them happy and they have goals and their vision boards and so on and so forth but really it's an inside job and so I learned the hard way and I realized you know what you do and why you do it is a huge component of your life you know you don't spend as much time doing anything else so you might as well really be intentional about it. And um, that was the start of my why journey. And it was one of those things where you realize there has to be another way. And um, what you thought was the path wasn't. Um, So I had to start learning, you know, when to make things happen and when to let things happen. Because those are two different things. Um, so I could go on and on and on. But that was a moment of out of bare necessity, this is, is not working. This this is an absolute mess. How can I figure this out when everybody thought it looked amazing from the outside looking in? And I had built a brand that elbowed out the real me. You know, what I do is I help people with personal branding and and you know big icons and here I had run into this situation myself so we could take it a lot of different directions but there's kind of a some background for you
2: and it just sounds like such a whirlwind that kind of unfolded for you with this opportunity and these are massive brands that you're working with and it would be really hard to put the brakes on it and keep connecting to your purpose and I think that most of us in your situation would have been very similar in terms of just okay I'm on the path I'm on the path it's got to be bigger it's got to be better and then to actually come up against yourself like that being stood there in the airport and going holy shit for lack of a better expression Mm -hmm. I you know I've come up against myself and I've realized that I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing that would have just been such a confrontational but also powerful moment for you because you know I certainly have hit rock bottom and when you do hit that rock bottom moment in a way it's kind of good because you've hit that you've hit that spot where it's like okay I'm here it's time to get up now so how did you get up from that moment how did you start to I guess lift your head up out from that fog and begin to really find what it is that you wanted to do
0: yeah, absolutely. And then that's, um, it was a journey, you know, I wish that there was a, um, a, uh, a prescription. That's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, but it, it really was, um, realizing that nothing was ever enough on the outside and, and that lives on the inside. And so feeling enough is oftentimes, the thing that it always comes back to for so many different women and that I've worked with. And I do believe that we learn what we need to teach. So if you are going through something tough right now, if you're listening to this and you're wondering why, a good reason might be that you're supposed to be teaching this to other people. Um, So you might think about that as you're thinking about your own why, because it's life work to find that. Um, So what did I do? I I started one step in front of the next and um, you know, something that my mom says that's helped me so much is stay in your day because when we project forward or we're looking back, that's where fear lives. Fear lives in the present or in the future and it lives in the past. But when you are present, it's a strategy for overcoming fear. And so that was a big part of it is one thing at a time. Um, and and so i started to untangle this situation i created and learn to sleep again and learn to find fulfillment in other places so much was focused on my career and when we see this with with people's lives when they have so much focus just on one thing it's kind of like like whack-a-mole <laughs> and something else isn't probably getting the attention right so Having a well-rounded life instead of a balanced life <laughs> is so important. Um, I started mindfulness, just practicing mindfulness. And Kylie, I had zero ability to hear that inner compass, you know, that GPS that we have inside of us. I had noise cancelers on. So starting to get clear about what that inner compass was telling me and, and even being willing to listen and understand what it was, was such a huge component. And I think that that's missing with a lot of us, you know, we're taught and it's romanticized to do and to grind and to make things happen. And we have this instrument (laughs) physiologically that gives us signs and, and it's science, it's data that can guide us in such a brilliant way that we oftentimes aren't listening to so mindfulness helped with that um really starting to have an essential life too of understanding what is essential in terms of people places things and it might sound a little ruthless but um you know we all have full lives and the word busy is overused but when we find ourselves rushing and we're trying to do too much, usually there's something else going on and you can usually follow it all the way down to fear somewhere. You're exactly. operating out of fear, right? Do you feel that too? Yeah. It's oh, it's like, why so am rough. I rushed? Yeah. Yeah. So and also, um, I, I
2: think such a female thing to just try and fill every space with doing and I think it's so important what you said about mindfulness because it's such a little, like a little tweak, but with huge results, because when you are more mindful and present where you actually are, that's when that intuition and that inner dialogue, and like you said, the inner compass can actually drop in and tell us.
0: Uh, absolutely. It's it's the most amazing tool, um, and it has an accuracy rate that's through the roof, right? so. Um, I think that's that's one of the things too is, you know, I have a saying that where purpose, passion, and skill collide, bliss resides, impact resides. That's where your why lives, or as some people refer to it, your zone of genius, you know, what you're uniquely qualified to do on this planet. And for a long time I had the passion and I had the skill and the purpose was missing. But without the purpose that's what you really risk running out of gas, right? So the purpose to me is what refuels and allows you to see yourself through some of the droughts because sometimes we're just not super passionate about what we're doing. You know, sometimes our skills are eb- ebbing and flowing, you know, we need to learn new things or um, we don't have that brilliance of the beginner's mindset anymore and we aren't as innovative. So, the purpose is, is a key component. Um, And so that's what I now ironically help other women find is that intersection. And it's, it's worth the time it takes to create it because it's your life. And and as soon as you start to see that alignment, you find yourself with more energy, you find yourself with more impact. And, um, and it's, it's life-changing, truly.
2: It's so true. And Amy-Jo, we're less than 15 minutes in and I feel like I already need to stop and write down about six things that you've said because that's so true and it's so powerful, especially what you said about whatever you're going through right now might be something that you're going through because you need to teach that at some stage. I think yes. that, that is such a powerful, powerful thing for people to really sit with. And I certainly feel that that is 100% true. So I just wanted to highlight that. And for any women listening right now who are feeling like, look, I have no idea what my why is, or they just don't know what that passion or desire is, what would be some practical actions other than, of course, creating more space and mindfulness that could uncover that for them?
0: Amazing question. And I have a few tactical things that you can do. But before I share those, first of all, don't feel bad. You know, if you're like, oh, geez, I'm behind, I don't even know what my why is. If we start to go into that type of mentality, we're almost resisting it even more, right? So, first of all, the fact that you're aware that you have a desire to be searching for something maybe more fulfilling that's the first step. You're already winning. So it's life work. to find. Yes, absolutely. It's life work to find your way and, and to stay in that intersection because it can shift. Um, so the fact that you're self-aware is great. Here are a few things that you can do. So rather than don't put this on your to-do list, first of all, <laughs> because it's such a nonlinear thing. And uh, the more that we, um, focus on the fact that it may be missing, the less likely we're able to create it and find it. Um, what I love to, to really advise and, and help people understand is that you can date ideas and whys, right? So try them on, see if it's a fit. So maybe you have an idea of where that intersection collides for you. So the, the purpose, the passion, and the skill If you were to draw three big circles, purpose, passion, skill, and where they intersect, like a Venn diagram, that's that sweet spot for you. So if you just start with those big three circles and start filling them in, don't even overthink it. Just start putting, okay, skills are usually a pretty – easy one to start with. And if you're having any trouble, ask a friend or family member. They're probably going to be super helpful in telling you what you're good at. What are the things that you find easy to do that other people often have challenge with? And just start. This is not a time to be humble. Just start listing them. Passions, your hobbies, things you enjoy. Don't try to limit yourself to just what could be a career to make money. Put everything in there because you will be shocked at ways that you can generate revenue. Um, so do it without,
2: And just do it without thinking this is wrong or right. I think sometimes 100%. people get so caught up in going, oh, is this the right, right thing to write down? It's like, no, throw that out. No one has to see this. Just write things down.
0: Exactly. And give yourself a confidence boost boost before, you know, tell yourself if it pops into mind, I'm putting it down. I'm not going to overthink it. Analysis, paralysis. This is all about intentional action and this will help you. Um, And then what you find purpose in, and sometimes this can be disguised. So things that light you up, good or bad. Let's say, you know, someone brings up a topic and you have a ton of passion around it, so much so that it works you up. You know, maybe you're, you get really heated or you get really emotional. There's likely a rooted purpose there somewhere. And again, don't overthink it. Some of these are really kind of intangible things like passion, purpose. They, they sound so out there kind of airy fairy, but this is a way to bring it down onto paper and then start dating ideas, you know, start mixing them up. If this were a cauldron and you started to throw different things in into a pot that come from those three circles, what do you get? It might feel bizarre. It might feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. Cause that's innovation. And anytime we innovate our lives or our businesses, our careers, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Adversity follows. So that's a good thing. It's normal. Yes. It's a good thing. That means you're going in the right direction. Um, and you don't have to marry the ideas. state them. See if you like them. Uh, I, I like to call it like a, you know, an experiment, a Petri dish. So when we experiment, we can't fail. There's no such thing when you're experimenting because it's an experimentation. So if you put this little, you know, concept into a Petri dish container, then it's safe and you can try it. And if it doesn't work and you don't like it, then you move on. We put so much pressure around finding the perfect thing and the perfect scenario or situation that it, um, it keeps us from getting started. And so 99% of the time, the situation is going to change anyway. The plan, the product, the idea, the why (laughs) it's not necessarily going to be what you think it was on the outset. So you just have to get started. And With action comes clarity. So you can't, you know, sit behind a notepad and uh, expect for you to have more clarity. You have to actually start doing, just taking small steps.
2: I love that. And I often give a piece of advice surrounding action. And I just say that when you take action, you build evidence. And when you build evidence, you're building self-confidence. So it's just sometimes rather than waiting to feel confident enough to take action, it's going, okay, I'm going to take the action because it's just going to build evidence that I can do it. And then that confidence comes up authentically.
0: Exactly. I love that with action comes evidence and confidence is everything. And building that willingness to get comfortable with being uncomfortable Um, of all the incredible, I call them renegades that I've worked with You know, mindset is the thing they work the most on and their ability and bandwidth to stretch their limits as to what is even considered uncomfortable is a big focal area uh, because that's when we grow.
2: And so in your experience in working with your renegades, what are the top reasons that you find people are getting stuck and they're not moving forward into deliberate action?
0: Limiting beliefs are the number one, I would say. So um, again, it's back to that, that work on the inside. So working through, you know, the blocks that you might have, the reasons you feel you can't move forward, um, which usually comes down to fear of some sort. <laughs> you know, it's being afraid of what might happen. Um so limiting beliefs in that mindset is key you know imposter syndrome does not discriminate <laughs> Um it's it's incredible i think of some of the mentors i have and and i actually had a conversation with one recently and and they've you know they're at the top of their game and you would never imagine that they feel like an imposter at times and you know what they do And so it's not about not having it. It's about learning how to work through it and work beyond it, kind of like almost befriending it. It's like, okay, you're here. It's good to see you. The fact that you showed up means I'm probably moving in the right direction. (laughs) And working through it, um, those limiting beliefs is huge. The second thing is analysis paralysis. I know so many women that join my program who they want the perfect plan before they get started and to just make sure every detail's buttoned up and right and unfortunately it doesn't work that way because the real world gives us feedback that evidence like you said Kylie and then we can iterate and make adjustments and and it's you know it, it's an exchange of energy with whatever you're doing it's not just working in a tunnel um because that's not real life. So that first step of truly taking action is such a momentum builder. And sometimes it's as simple as um, telling a friend who will hold you accountable or sharing something with someone like setting a meeting, scheduling a meeting that you know needs to take place in order for you to you know, move forward. It could be with your spouse. It could be with a family member or someone at your current job in your career. Um, and that momentum is huge, even if it's the smallest baby step, because that's where it all starts. And, you know, we like to compare ourselves to everyone's finished product and the fancy things we see maybe on Instagram or wherever. And, um, It didn't start fancy, I guarantee, you know, I've been behind the scenes enough with my own life and and lots of others. And it never starts impressive. It starts with the small, tiny steps that are not impressive.
2: Absolutely. I think that it's so important to talk about that because it's so easy from the outside looking in to go, oh my gosh, that person just fell on top of that mountain. Isn't that amazing? They're so lucky. (laughs) But it's like, no, you know, a lot of people who are in what you would consider successful positions, if you went back to where they began You know, there are going to be spelling errors in the first things they put out. They're not putting things out that are 10 out of 10. They're putting things out there to get that feedback so they can improve and then go up, you know, and I often say it's better to put something out there that's a 6 or a 7 out of 10 rather than sit for years trying to make something a 10 out of 10 and never learning, growing or having that feedback. So, yeah, action. It's just so important.
0: Absolutely. And when we combine our inner compass with action, it becomes intentional and it's so much more efficient, effective. It feels good. It doesn't feel forced. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. We we do need to put the miles in and put effort in. But if you're at that point where you're hustling so hard and you don't feel like you have time to sleep or spend time with your family or your friends, something is off it is not supposed to be that hard and I've been there otherwise I wouldn't be able to say this um if you're forcing it 24 7 there's another way that's not so hard and it's just a matter of kind of picking your head up and starting to get curious of like okay what's really driving me here
2: I love that I think getting curious is so important and so you're famous for helping people find their why. But you're also really well known for asking the question, why not now? So how much has that question shaped your own life?
0: It's really, it was the catalyst for me to go from the, you know, the burnout to living in alignment. And um, so much about why not now is curiosity-based and you can answer the question, you know, why not? Um, and so given that, you know, I, I'm i a person that likes to just get started, like let's just do this, right? And learn as we go. Um, I think that that's helped along the way because you learn and you're able to fail fast. And so why not now is really It could be applied to anything in your life, whether it's small, in your day, huge. It could be personal, professional. And the one thing that it is is that it's all about now because that's all we have, right? We find ourselves living in the past and in the future so much. It's human nature. And what's unfortunate is those don't exist right now. The past is in it doesn't exist. It's gone, and the future has not arrived yet. So we're kind of tricking ourselves and we're losing time when we spend so much time there. Um, and it's sad when you think about it. Um, so, you know, why not now is really, you know, being present and and one of the things that I've learned after interviewing gosh more than 200 people on my podcast The Why Not Now Show is that there are similarities among us who are really good at asking that question and navigating from idea to action from dreaming to doing and kind of going from the known stepping into the unknown. One of which is leveraging adversity. So, you know, you ask how the question has shaped my life and when I look back at all of these adverse times where I thought, oh, gosh, it just felt like life was over, you know, the, the situation was so intense and I thought, you know, maybe I had taken such a wrong turn that there was no way getting back, whether it's personally or professionally. Um, those are the things that turned up as the biggest assets in getting me back on track. So, you know, like we're talking about today. Um, for example, you know, the finding more purpose. If I hadn't had that purpose problem, and realized how I got there, then leveraging that adversity wouldn't have even been possible. And it, it was very much of a "why not now" situation. Like, there's got to be another way. Um, so that that question is something I ask myself. All day every day, whether it's small things or big things um, and I find that it's the difference between people who live life on purpose and people who kind of let life happen to them. Um, so you're either in the driver's seat or or you're not and the people who ask themselves why not now often tend to be in much more um, tend to be much more of a a curating their own life and rather exactly exactly someone that's really directing you can't control per se but you can guide for sure
2: yeah I love that I think that's such a powerful question and to be honest when I was first um looking into all of the amazing work that you do the why not now question for me at first was like okay why not now you know build this hustle move forward But you're so right. The why not now applies to so many different ways. You know, you can look at it so differently. You can look at it and go, why not now? Why aren't I living in the moment? Why aren't I showing up the way that I want to? Why aren't I curating the life that I want to lead? And so many people do, like you said, live in the past or live in the future. And I spoke about this yesterday on my Instagram stories because I feel that over the last year in particular going through a divorce and just, you know, trying to have a, you know, keeping the business and everything like that, there has been so much of my day that is looking after future me. So, you know, it's getting the kids' school shoes out and making sure the lunch is sorted and, you know, just everything is living in the future that I realised, oh, my gosh, I'm literally spending, you know, 20 hours a day trying to live tomorrow and it's just going no 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 no. that's not actually what I want to do yes there are times when it's helpful to be organized and think about looking after myself but no like I need to be living in the moment more so that why not now question is so important because yeah I can ask myself that and it's you've got you've got all you've got is now like you said I don't want to get to the point where my twin boys are teenagers and I think oh wow I missed out on having fun with them because I was so busy living in the future so that's such a powerful question
0: it is. And I saw your Instagram story with today. I don't know if it's today there, if it's, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Cause we're in different, yeah. we're in Speaking different days in the future. <laughs> uh, I saw it. Yeah. How crazy is that? Talk about, yeah. Time shift. And you had mentioned, you know, you, you weren't, it sounded like you were being extremely present and choosing what you wanted to focus on and being willing to, um, not take more time and do XYZ that, that didn't seem essential in your day. And I really appreciate how you share that because I think it it helps others and seeing as believing and realizing, you know, our real currency is time. It's not about necessarily how can I make more money? In in a lot of cases, it's how can you make more time. Um, and I realize that might sound romantic, but you know, you you aren't That's getting so that back. True. It's, it's something that you can't make more of. Yeah. And it's, you know, we hear this, but I think when you have big life events, like what you've gone through and are still going through and, um, it's important to conserve your energy and, and be present and apply your energy to the real world versus the fictitious worlds that we can find ourselves in the past and the, and the future and also Instagram per se you know when we compare ourselves and that's a whole nother discussion but that's you know allowing something to rent space in your head for free and that's not necessary
2: absolutely it's a habit that I've been working on is being more mindful and present and understanding that my energy and my time is a finite resource it's not infinite it's you know there are fleeting moments and that's Again, like you said, it could be another conversation, but that's a reason why I delete social media on the weekends is to be super present with the boys, because these are habits and systems that I want in my life to help me to be more present. And I think that taking action and building habits are practices that we can all benefit from incorporating into our day. Are you personally a fan of having a routine and systems? Has that been an element of your success?
0: Oh, what a good question. Yes. And that has shifted a bit as I've become a mom. And I think, you know, th- there's there's so much to be said about having a routine and having um, an understanding that everyone's on the same page of so what happens when. And I can tend to get a little Rigid and obsessive when it comes to structure, and so I've realized, especially I'm as because kind of I so re- <laughs> I so resonate
2: with that. Like, uh-huh.
0: Right, because <laughs> yeah, we love to control. Friend. Right, it's mm-hmm. a persona. We're like, oh, we can control this, and really, that's kind of laughable, right? Um, because we can't. But I refer to it as focus and flow. So it's it's so important for us to have focus. And to have a fluid schedule, I feel. Because when we set such a rigid nature around the time boxing in our schedule, we set ourselves up for failure, too. And the expectation is if it doesn't land exactly how we scheduled it, we failed. And that's not true. Um, So I, you know, don't have space for that guilt. And I don't have space for the, (laughs) the rigid nature. Um. So really for me, I kind of go back to essentialism and I, when I'm stressed, if I feel like I have too much going on and I've overbooked myself, it's a hundred percent my fault. I find myself wanting to throw things out. Like one of my big tips, like note to self, and I realize what's going on is I just, I'm around the house and I just want to clean out the fridge or I just want to get rid of stuff <laughs> literally and physically. And I'm like, Oh, sister, I see what's going on here. This is interesting. Um, because you just want to make space, whether it's in your head or whether it's in the physical world, um, emotionally, mentally, you know, we have to have some white space. Otherwise there's no room for creativity. There's no room for impromptu dance you know parties with your kids there's no room for a last minute trip or adventure out and that's that's the joy of life you know those unexpected fun spontaneity type situations so um yeah i i try not to overbook like i used to and i know that that's you know it's probably something a lot of people who are listening are having to struggle with and and juggle, Um, the more we can clear, I find the happier I am. People, places, things, and it sounds so negative, but if you think about how many times you've gone to coffee with someone or maybe gone to happy hour and you're done and you don't feel more energy, you actually feel more drained, ask yourself why. And if it's because you just don't have alignment anymore with that person, stop doing it stop, take a bath instead, hang out with your kids, read a book. We feel guilt and we just feel like things have to be done. Obligation. Yeah. Yeah. Make some space, make some space. It feels so good. And, um, you have to be able to do that in order to kind of energetically determine what feels good because otherwise you don't know the difference.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that social media and connecting with women has 100% confirmed for me is that we really are all in this together. Even though we have different challenges and we're moving through different seasons in our life, a lot of us do experience similar emotions at similar times. Like I'm sat here smiling as you spoke about how you feel compelled to clear things out like that's just so it just resonates with me when I'm feeling overwhelmed mentally I find myself physically organizing things like the pantry is perfect but really the reason I'm doing that is because I want to organize other areas of my life and so we can be moving through different seasons but have that commonality and so are there a few habits that you feel that generally kind of across the board could positively improve a lot of people's lives?
0: Absolutely. Okay, getting curious. I know we've mentioned that a few times, but but truly asking, what is this here to teach me? What's really going on here? Why do I feel there's such a rush? Um, because when we take 100% responsibility for the situation we've created, then it gets clear real quickly of what's truly at the root, because what you think it is, is usually not it. It's, it's something deeper. So that's one thing. Number two, practicing gratitude as a strategy. So physiologically, we can't feel fear and gratitude at the same time. Can't happen. Like, it's a science thing. So if that's true, then when we place ourselves in a position of gratitude, it is a strategy for overcoming fear. So we hear about gratitude lists all the time. I We call them gratefuls in my house. It comes, I have it scheduled at 9 p.m. every night. My husband and I have gratefuls that pops up into our calendar. Of course it's scheduled and it doesn't That's always happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel like it'll happen. Uh-huh. And when we end our days with just even a couple of things, tiny things, I mean, it could be something as small as, You know, gosh, I'm trying to think of something right now that's just like not popping into mind, but it could be small.
2: I was just just gonna say I'll share a small one that I was thinking of last night because I was feeling really anxious last night. It just anxiety just hit me at about midnight. I was having trouble sleeping, and I know what you said to be true about if we can put ourselves in a state of gratitude then that's going to help. And I was struck like, you know, there's the big things, of course, I'm grateful for health and my children and everything like that. But I was searching my brain for other moments of small, small moments that I thought, Oh, wow, I'm grateful for that. And it was such a little thing, but it stuck with me. I was at the gym. I was on my stairmill as I like to be. And I look down and there's a um, sports, physiologist I think he might be and he works with older um, clients like I'm talking quite senior clients and I often watch him interact and I often think to myself I'm so grateful that I get to see this because he's working with these little old ladies and he's so gentle with them and you can see that they light up when he you know he's touching them gently and he's helping Mm -hmm. them and he's stooping down to get on their level and talk to them and he's listening to their stories and i just thought ah, that's such a magical thing because i imagine that a lot of these really elderly seniors that are brought in to work with him are not getting that physical touch and he's so physical in the most gentle way with them and it was just like one of those life moments of if i didn't look up and see that i would you know miss it but i was so grateful that i got to see a human being so kind and so generous And so it can be something really small that makes you smile and makes you feel grateful that you just got to witness.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that's a perfect one. And how that moment struck you and you were thinking about it. And a little tip here, someone taught me, I wish I could remember who taught me this, but it's called uh, gratitude ABCs. So if you can't get to sleep at night, or let's say you even wake up and you can't fall back to sleep, kind of like counting sheep, (laughs) but with gratitude, go through the ABCs and find something, anything that starts with an A that you're grateful for, then B, then C. And usually by the time I get to LMNOP, I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. So there's another little kind of tip, but it's a good strategy. I love that. Yeah. It just kind of, it takes our mind into a different spot and like with you, Kylie, it sounds like you're extremely self-aware and that's the biggest part of the hurdle sometimes of just realizing what's really going on and taking a responsibility for it. Then it really positions us to then take care of it and move through it um, and, you know, self Self-awareness leads to self-actualization. That's something that Bruce Lee always said. And um, that's the first thing I look for in women I work with is, are they able to either see what's going on or can we get there? And that's, that's a big turning point for people.
2: And with working with people, you know, you have your online boot camp and you also have your book, Renegades Write the Rules which is a New York Times bestseller, which is amazing. And you're obviously so passionate about helping people to step up and step into their power. I would love to know, as someone who is an advocate for guiding others towards their light, do you ever find it frustrating at all if someone in your life isn't living to their fullest? or perhaps they can't see their potential or like you just mentioned, I guess they can't get out of their own way and become coachable. Do you find that frustrating?
0: You know, it's an interesting question and I tend to attract people who either they can see it or they're on the verge of seeing it. Um, But yes, absolutely, I've come across people who have a really tough time. Um, You know, it's one of those things where someone has to be willing and, and desire to help themselves before you can help them sometimes. So it's back to a mindset and, you know, guiding other women and helping them through whatever they're going through in order to be able to see that potential is, Um, it's kind of a two-way street, I would say. So fear is usually at the root of of what the block is right and if we can identify what that fear is it's amazing how much freedom they can feel when they take that ownership of oh and and just how freeing it is to realize that maybe what's causing something is not what you thought and and so i love going on that journey But it's not an endless journey, right? So it's kind of like – have you ever heard of the drama triangle where if you have like – imagine a triangle, one point is a hero, one point is a villain, and one point is a victim. And you can be in the drama triangle with yourself. You don't even necessarily need someone else, but you kind of bounce around from, oh, poor me, to, oh, I'll save the day, to, oh, gosh, I'm the worst. And when we get into those drama triangles with other people, it's a it's a no-win situation, right? I can't save anyone. They have to save themselves. Um, there's no victim, there's no villain, and there's no hero. And so we have to transcend that. Otherwise, you get stuck in there. And I've had it happen so many times where, you know, you'll be in a situation where, Especially, I like to try to play hero a lot. Like my ego loves to try and play hero. And it doesn't end well because people have to want it for themselves. And that's a journey they're on. Um, So a lot of times I'm working with people right at that verge of, I'm almost there, but I just need a little help (laughs) type thing. Um, But it's a really great question.
2: It's really helpful to have that visual of the drama triangle. I love that. So thank you for sharing that. Now, I just want to shift gears slightly, but speaking of life and possibilities and different paths, nearly this time last year, uh, kind of coming up to a year, you were 27 weeks pregnant and you were traveling to visit a friend in Palm Springs when life changed your plans in the biggest way possible.
0: What happened? And what is it with you at airports? I know. Oh, airports. They're just, they're quite the moment of just uh, inflection for me. So I was on an airplane 27 weeks, as you said, and little did I know I went into labor. Um, I thought it was Braxton Hicks, like just false labor. And, of course, I'm working, going through my inbox on my computer, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh, my friends did not warn me about how intense this is. And I land, and long story short, barely made it to the to the hospital in time, but I was in a different city than where I live. And um, my son was born within the hour, and so he was two pounds when he was born. It was the most intense situation I've ever been in. And it has brought so many gifts to my life. I almost get choked up talking about it. He is doing great right now, by the way. He's, you would never even know that he was a micro preemie born at 27 weeks. Um, he's currently upstairs. I'm in my home studio, like laughing and giggling. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, if you can imagine, like taking a snow globe and just shaking it up for a good, six to nine months, he was in the hospital in the NICU for, for three months. And, you know, a lot of people ask, what was that like? And just like anyone listening, when you're in those situations, you just do what needs to be done. You know, I'm not any different. And, um, our capacity as human beings is incredible. And just our resilience, is the reason I love, love helping other people is that I feel like I've seen it stretched and I've been stretched and I had no idea what, what we're capable of, but it's a lot more than we think. And so it's really exciting to know that. And it's such a gift, um, to have gone through the last year with my son, who is my biggest teacher and, um, talk about, turning your world upside down in a good way
2: absolutely and I was the same just looking through your photos and seeing images from when Lincoln was born I was just teary and I just it's would have been such an emotional and overwhelming time and I think the way you've described it like shaking up a snow globe you know a good nine months or so I can imagine that that would be a fairly accurate portrayal of the high highs and the low lows as well. So it's a lot, but um, being a highly driven person and loving a plan before you had Lincoln, did you have a birth plan and how, you know, how did you, I guess, find being completely out of control and just surrendering to that shaken up snow globe? Like how did you soften and surrender into that?
0: Oh, yes, of course I had a plan, right? I'm just giggling as you ask, because the day before he arrived, we had met with um, our doula and midwife, and I thought I was going to have a home birth. We live out in the forest among the amazing trees, and I had this vision of this beautiful home birth. It was supposed to be July, which is our summertime, and uh, I had convinced the midwife who was going to deliver Lincoln that we that we were going to have it outside in this birthing pool among the trees. My husband's a musician, so I, so I thought he could play the guitar. I wanted tiki torches because I thought, oh, this is going to be so beautiful just in case it's at night. And it's like the universe just laughed at me and said, oh, yeah, you think so? Um, so it happened, and it was – technically opposite. I had gone to hypnobirthing classes, um, just to learn. And it's kind of in that, you know, in that world of mindfulness, just how much we can change our scenario and our situation based on our breathing and based on what, you know, what is going through our head. And, um, it was opposite, (laughs) but I think this was a beautiful lesson of, Whenever I find myself on one side of the spectrum of something, I'm usually about to get schooled (laughs) because nothing is black and white. Like I'm just asking for it, right? Whenever I make those definitive black and white, right and wrong type of thoughts, feelings, statements, I'm pretty close to having... You know, a big pendulum swing, like something kind of kick me, to say actually, the middle way is usually the the better way. Um, So thank goodness for modern medicine, which I thought I didn't need. You know, a hospital and doctors, and and that's what saved my son's life. And so um, it was a beautiful time shift. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Massive. And I know that Lincoln's doing super well now and he's nearly one year old and that means that you're nearly one year into motherhood. And I know myself that first year of having the boys, my perspective on so many things changed throughout that first year. Have you had any other massive shifts in mindset or lifestyle for this season of having a baby?
0: I I have I definitely have had so many and um I think it kind of goes back to what we were just discussing is you know I I feel in in the world yeah being fluid and we romanticize different sides of the spectrum like for example there was the hustle, grind, chase, grasp, do, make it happen. And then the other side, which I kind of have experienced as well as a pendulum swinger, um, the meditate and manifest it and surrender and drink kombucha and do yoga and that the whole side. And and the truth is that I need both and that wisdom is both. And so as a mom, um, I think being open-minded that – there really is no right or wrong way, but you create your way. And that may look really different. For example, I just got back from giving a speech in Dubai, and that's halfway around the world for me. I was gone for five and a half days and it was tough. You know, I have a I have a baby at home and I can't bring him with me. And I had to kind of get over the fact that some people would never do that but my situation's different and i know he's loved and i'm doing what i love and he's with his his dad and his grandma and and just kind of had to work out my our own our own way um and not get trapped in the this is right that's wrong because it's a slippery slope and i i know this may sound cliche but i truly believe the world would be a better place if we would open our minds more and be able to hold two conflicting ideas in our minds at the same time and just put ourselves in each other's shoes just to see what it might feel like and then make the comment or make the decision based on the the knowledge and data we have. So yeah, it's just there've been so many, you know, the word balance. I still I don't really believe in it, but rhythm feels better. There are times where, you know, you're in a groove in one area and you groove in the other. Um, uh, But balance seems like, uh, you know, you're trying to force all things to be equal. And that's just not true. That's not reality in my experience.
2: Absolutely. And I think that's so important what you mentioned about how you have to just live to what feels right for you. And I often get asked, This question about, you know, how do I feel confident confident enough to share parts of my life or how do I push past the fear of other people's judgment? And I just realized a couple of years ago that you cannot live a life based upon other people's judgments because their judgments are coming from their beliefs and their beliefs are coming from their childhood as well as their experiences throughout their whole life. But you cannot live your life trying to please another person's belief that might have been planted in their brain when they were a child without a fully, fully formed, you know, cognitive function and their own unique life experiences. And a particular moment that I realised this was a mum that I knew, you know, removed, I didn't know her well, was going on an overseas holiday when her baby was really young. And so many women that I spoke to that knew her were just outraged. How could she do that? How could she, you know, blah, 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 all of these things. And we had to have a conversation. And I remember saying to some of these women, you don't know her story. You don't know her upbringing. You don't know what's normal for her. You don't know what her pregnancy is like. There's so many things that you don't have context for. So before you cast the judgment, it's fine to go, would I do this? Yes, no, maybe not. And, you know, judge yourself on whether or not you do that, but you don't need to project that outwards onto other women.
0: Mm, 100%. 100%. It's, it kind of goes back to what you said about we're all in this together and we don't, there's no room for that judgment and negativity. I literally don't have space. <laughs> None of us do, right?
1: We so, don't schedule that
0: in. <laughs> no, that's one thing that's not going to make the to do list. and it's um yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great point, and good for you for you know, as a leader and someone that has a platform it's it's wonderful that you're using it to um, to really share what you're learning because we do learn what we need to teach. I, I know that to be true and uh, you're doing it.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. I often get it very, very wrong, but that is so true. You learn what you need to teach and I appreciate you sharing that with us. Now, do you have any other tips for our listeners on how to know when it's time to push through and hustle versus when it's time to retreat and let go? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. For me, slow down and get quiet, even if it's for five minutes. Because if you can't five, find five minutes in your day to do this, then that's a huge red flag, first of all. But as soon as I get quiet, I can usually tune into body intelligence and and figure out, oh, this is how I'm feeling. Because it doesn't. Our, this instrument doesn't lead us astray, right? It doesn't lie. Um, sometimes we're really good at uh, overthinking and tricking ourselves into thinking one way or another because we're really smart and we know ourselves. But our our body intelligence doesn't lie, meaning are you getting goosebumps? Are you hot? Is your heart racing? Do you feel, um, you know, just tuning into what, what that's saying? So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is... Realizing that if you don't know if you should go left or if you should go right, you can sit down. You really can because there's probably five to ten other options that you haven't thought of yet. So when you feel forced to choose between A or B, go figure out what C, D, E, F, and G look like. It's it's amazing how we think to ourselves it's this or that, and it's usually not. Um, and I mean – you know, a lot of what we talked about today, and and living in that, what I refer to as where your purpose, passion, and skill collide, you find yourself in less of those situations where you're having to determine, to determine, am I forcing it or not? Because it just feels easier. Um, there's less, there's less resistance, and you know, it's not fairy tale land by any means, but. I find myself having less of those situations come up. Where the more you reward your intuition, that inner compass, your GPS, which is not woo-woo by the way, it's science. It truly is. The louder it gets, the more it shows up. And even if it's little things, like just doing what it tells you, will encourage it to show up the next time even bigger. And so we're we're training and optimizing this system. And um, it's, it's a strategy. It is not just a nice to have. It's, it's truly a must, in my opinion.
2: I love that. And it's something my girlfriends and I have been talking about a lot is when you do open up that space and you can hear your intuition, all of a sudden these little impulses drop in and then you follow the impulse and it makes sense. And it's yes. like another little nod of, yes, you are on the path. Here's another little stepping stone. You're on the path. You're following your impulse. So that is really, really valuable advice. Thank you.
0: Yes, and, absolutely.
2: And another topic that I'd love to just ask you about before we wrap up is fun. Because I feel like as women, often fun is one of the things that we let go of as we get older. And we become grown ups and we're doing all the adulting things. So what do you currently do for fun and how often do you get to do it?
0: Oh, now that I have a child, I feel like I have so much more fun. Um, dance parties, any day, all day. Like it's just impromptu dance parties are fun. Um, I make up songs a ton with Lincoln too. And just we laugh. We find ways to make each other laugh, I feel like. Um Gosh. You really
2: get I, to be silly when you have a baby and a toddler. Like it's such a silly yes, fun time.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I think sometimes just allowing yourself those guilty pleasures, which we should remove the word guilt from because it's, it's just not a useful, helpful word. But, for example, if there's a te- television show that you just really enjoy and maybe there isn't a ton of – um Intrinsic value other than you can just laugh and relax, then do it and don't feel bad about that. Um, For me, when Lincoln was in the NICU, his nurses watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And so my husband and I started watching. Slippery slope. I am in a different universe sometimes I feel like (laughs) because this new world and there are times where I'm like should I be embarrassed that I watched that and I'm like heck no I love this I I'm gonna own it (laughs) but um that's an example of sometimes life is a lot and so give yourself a time out go watch The Bachelor
2: (laughs) absolutely I love that And now I just wanted to end our chat today with a bit of a rapid fire round because I feel like this is such a great way for our community to get to know a little bit more of your personality. So I'll hit you with a couple of fast questions. And if you're happy to just give me your first response, that would be amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I have butterflies. Oh my gosh.
2: They're they're not... um, Paradigm shifting questions, I promise.
0: <laughs> you never <laughs> <But> know. <laughs> I, you,
2: never, you never know. You might. Um, so firstly, what is your go-to cafe order when you're out?
0: <sighs> Avocado, anything. Mm. So yeah. good. Yeah. Are you a
2: coffee drinker?
0: Okay. Yes, I am. Um, but not the legitimate like hardcore coffee drinker. It's usually like a vanilla latte or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I thought you meant like cafe. I think sometimes I'm thinking cafe like food, but um oh, yeah, like in America. No, no, I was just, I, no, no, but, I was just
2: yeah. curious because i have because I just broken up with coffee, so that was my own curious. Oh, no, yeah, to know. yeah. Mm, good uh, for you. Next, thanks. Sometimes thanks. <laughs> um, sweet or savory?
0: Savory, for sure.
2: Describe your daily personal style or if you have like a uniform that you wear on most days what does that look like
0: oh gosh so fashion is not a big thing for me I wish it were and it's just I try and I I just don't know so I mean usually it's yoga pants or or something along those lines Um, I've been known to if I'm working from home and I'm not traveling on the road for business I've been known to work in my pajamas and you know I don't know I just that that would be my style just kind of whatever's easy.
2: I love <laughs> yeah. that. That's one of the totally. best things about working from home. Um I love that. So I agree. The next, I... the next one is what's your favorite current song or artist?
0: Favorite current song or artist? I have been into Dirk Spentley a lot lately, her country singer. Um, I would also say, gosh, Coldplay is always a top of my list. A little Lizzo lately. So I like to wake surf. Um, So you have ocean in Australia, but I actually do not. So we have um, lakes around and we have a boat that we can wake surf behind. And so Lizzo for sure playing... Lizzo behind the line. Just a I'm...
2: power move. Just casually wake surfing with Lizzo <laughs> blasting. I love
0: that. Oh yeah. my gosh. My friends and I, we'd love to um, blast a little Lizzo. Yeah. And that's
2: the boys... so much fun.
0: Yeah. I can't say that the guys love it, but we don't care because whoever's actually doing the surfing gets to choose what they listen to. So nobody else gets a vote. I
2: love that. That's so cool. <laughs> um, what would be your worst habit?
0: My worst habit, oh gosh. sometimes I can get going a little too fast, like I get s- super excited, and even um, even if it's all good stuff and it's in alignment. Speed isn't always your friend. And I think sometimes it differentiates and it's really helped me. And other times it's really not been helpful. And usually I don't need to go as fast as I think I do. And so I'd say slow it down, sister. But, yeah, I'd say trying trying to go too fast.
2: And what would be your best habit?
0: My best habit again, this could be a worst, but I can usually um, adjust to someone else's personality and match them and meet them where they need to be met in order to connect and resonate. And so um, I'd say that's a gift and it's it's definitely a, a good thing. And you can also take it too far where you start to lose your own self. So there's a fine line there, but I think empathy and compassion and being able to kind of have that emotional intelligence is is not a bad thing.
2: Very powerful. And if you had to choose one must-read book, what would that be?
0: Oh, Essentialism by Greg McKeown.
2: Amazing. I've listened to the audio version. It's so good.
0: Yeah, it is a good functional life changing book.
2: <laughs> um, and two more. What keeps you aligned? How do you stay aligned?
0: Mindfulness. Checking in, which to me that goes hand in hand with my intuition.
2: Yes, all connected. Yeah,
0: having and a healthy, life- yeah, healthy practice. <laughs>
2: I love that. Last but not least, what is your all-time favorite quote? It's like, that's going to be hard because you have so many great, great pearls of wisdom.
0: Oh, but I have it. It's a good question. I love that. Um, so Abe Lincoln said, most folks are about as happy as they choose to be. And um, I remember when I was a, a young child i had i think it was like maybe third grade one of the homework assignments was to bring your favorite quote to school the next day and i didn't have one so i asked my mom and that was hers and i adopted it and um it's been my favorite quote ever since and it's just true we we have the ability to choose joy choose happiness and that's basically what he said and now my son's name is lincoln
2: I love that. That's such a great quote. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a brilliant note to end our chat on today. You have been so incredibly valuable. I know that a lot of our listeners and our community are going to just be loving this episode. So where can they find more of you?
0: Thank you so much, Kylie, for this this chat. I would love to connect with everyone. And um on social media, I'm at Amy Joe Martin. So that is across the board, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, so on and so forth. And um at Amy Joe or AmyjoMartin.com is my website. And the, the program I run is renegadebrandbootcamp.com
2: brilliant I will make sure we have all of those details in the show notes but again just my sincerest thanks for your time and wisdom it's been an absolute pleasure
0: likewise I echo your sentiment and I just am so grateful to get to chat with you and have enjoyed this thoroughly